What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Regista Report. My name is Ben. I'm Joey B. Welcome, welcome. Yes, yes. Today is July 20th. It's Monday. Man, we just recorded the most fun episode that I think I've, I've had to date, Joe. How much fun was that, bro? Man, it was absolutely brilliant, man. And I'll let I'll let you introduce it a little bit, and I'll tell you what it reminded me of. Yes, yes. So on today's episode, you know, the leagues are rounding up. So we talk all about Champions League. We give you the heavy favorites, questions that must be answered, the format. And uh, and, and lastly, we go over um, a very solid question. And who needs the Champions League the most? You're not going to want to miss our answers. Some surprising answers there. It's going to be so much fun to reveal that. So uh, what did you remind you of, Gigo? I was just going to say, in uh, the early 2000s, there was a commercial called The Cage. Basically, how this yes. commercial was set up is you had some elite players and and from all different teams around the world, and it was sort of a tournament to get down a knockout tournament to the last player uh, or team, and that's exactly what this episode is. We introduce um, the remaining teams in the Champions League, our favorites, and sort of their chances at winning the title. So, just a really brilliant episode. Uh, me and Ben had a lot of fun with it, so I really think you're going to enjoy it. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, also, it's just something really quick with this is being a post-production intro. The Ballon d'Or was canceled. We just found that out. That's breaking news. But in the episode, we just we discussed something that uh, that speaks about the Ballon d'Or. So we didn't know that going into it. But uh, that is breaking news as of this morning. So, yeah. Uh, thank you again for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. So without further ado, uh, here we go. We're going to start off right here. We're going to start off with something you may have missed, um, and that segment is, is so cool. It's just a news piece that you may have missed um, that we want to bring attention to. Um, and Ben, I think you're going to take us away with something fantastic. Yes. So mine is a wonderful story. So four years ago, Adobayo Akinfenwa thought his career might have been dusted. So Akinfenwa is a longtime Liverpool fan, and he's an OG journeyman, and he has led Wickham Wanders to their first ever promotion to the championship and produced one of the greatest interviews. This is not the first time we've met under these circumstances. No, is it even sweeter this time around? So much more. Hold on, hold on. Tell me what we did, because I, I, I don't know what we did. Tell me what we just did. Well, you've got yourself a place in the championship. I don't think they heard you in the back. Me up on one Tell, <laughs> Tell me what we did. You've got yourself a place in the championship. Look, look, let me calm down. Let me calm down. First and foremost, yeah, I want to thank God. Because today he made the impossible possible. Amen. And my, my next story, four years ago, four years ago I stood in front of you and I was technically unemployed. Four years ago I was here and I was technically unemployed. That's correct. And what do you say? Let me tell you something. The only person that can hit me up on WhatsApp this time is Klopp. So we can celebrate together. You get me? Now listen, I have to, I have to tell you, our hearts went out to you last week. You were very transparent, very honest of what happened. Without going into all the details of that, do you feel vindicated tonight with this? You know what? There's a time for me to speak upon that, and I will speak on it. Today is about, listen, for me, life and football is all about opinions. Four years ago, somebody gave an opinion on me, and that was their opinion. And I hope my story shows that the only opinion that matters is the opinion you have about yourself. 
and I was lucky and blessed to find a manager and players who believed in me. So we are here today, and I'll say it for the people in the back. Wickham's in the championship. Wait, wait, I'll say it one more time. Wickham's in the championship. Wait! People in the back didn't hear me. Wickham is in the championship. What a story, man. What a story from Akin Fenwell. What a what a brilliant interview. Dude, he's 38 years old. He's agreed to terms to 2021 season. And what? He's it's it's an insane story, bro. You could you could hear the passion from him. You can tell that this dude was just just you know bleeding for the team. And uh funny thing about that afterwards too is like he actually got a WhatsApp call from from uh from Klopp and he's been invited to the Liverpool parade. <laughs> what a wonderful lad, dude. That's isn't that isn't that crazy? Dude, that's crazy. And you can hear like the emotion voice, but I at 38, it's just a matter of time before Juventus calls the roster. Um, but dude, that, that, that's amazing. And Ben, I got to ask you, man, cause this guy looks freaking massive. <laughs> um, like how tall is he and how, and how much does he weigh? Because he's huge, dude. He's huge. He could be an, he could be a linebacker in the NFL. No, like no bullshit. Uh, I don't know, but I just know he was a legend in FIFA and FIFA, like maybe 15 or 16. And he was just one of those beast cards. Like he was like a bronze card and he was just an. But other than that, I don't. I haven't watched much of him play. I just know that he is he's an absolute monster of of a of a looking lad. And uh, yeah. dude, I can't wait to see any more stories from him coming up. And so, congratulations to him, man. Congratulations dude. to Akin Fenwa and to and to uh, Wickham Wander. So, yeah, there you go. Thir- Thirty eight years old and still playing professional football. I think that's pretty impressive. Uh, but also equally impressive is is Leeds United, Ben. I mean, what a story name. Um, and what a past this club has as as their history. Um, they were once in the Champions League, and then they came into financial troubles um, and, and were relegated uh, multiple divisions. But, Ben, they're back. Dude, after 16 years, um, they finished first in the championship, and they'll be back in the Premier League next season, dude. Um, and you think about, you know, what an amazing comeback for that club. It just kind of gives you chills that Leeds United is back in the Premier League, Ben. Does it get any better than that? Dude, I'm... I'm really excited to see them play in, in, in the Premier League. Marcelo Bielsa, he's a legend, dude. He's, he's, he's such a great manager. And, and this is, this is a, a storied rivalry, too. So as a United supporter, Man United, to see uh, that, that rivalry kind of rekindle itself. So I'm, I'm pumped to see that. But, dude, 16 years now since they, they've been waiting – Hasn't and, been that long, man. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. And then from falling short the year before too. So think, so think about that. If you haven't watched uh, that Amazon documentary, you should watch it right now after this podcast. Of course, is is the is the documentary on Leeds United. It's Take Me Home, Leeds United, and it gives their 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 road to failure last year into failing in in now, dude. They they made it to the promised land. Dude, unbelievable. And just some names of the past, like from, from when I started watching the Premier League. I mean, these, this team had Alan Smith, uh, Harry Kuehl, Mark uh, Viduka. Do you remember those players, Ben? Yeah, Rio Ferdinand. And then, and then Ferdinand, we, we ended yes. up picking both of them, taking Rio Ferdinand and Alan Smith. So, uh, yeah, dude, it, Incredible. it's, it's going to be wonderful to see them play back in the Premier League. But, Dude, absolutely, Ben. So, I mean, we have such an exciting show. Uh, UEFA Champions League is back, and and Ben, I know you have a lot to say, brother, so I'm excited.
So from one team's journey to promotion, to the multiple saga stories that are yet to unfold in this year's Champions League Road to Lisbon, we've all heard the anthem. We've played it in our heads and imagined scoring a goal in the final minutes. You have to feel this is their year. They must be playing defensive. Schmeichel's not coming up for this one. Is this their moment? Beckham. It's a sharing of... Or doing the unthinkable and come from behind and seal the win in a penalty shootout. And it's come down to Drogba, who this time is the fifth penalty taker for Chelsea in the final shootout. Or score the greatest goal you have ever seen. Samiro. His fellow Brazilian Marcelo. Right foot across from him. Bale trying it all. Are you serious? Gareth Bale just on the pitch. One of the best goals you'll ever see in a Champions League final. Has given Real Madrid the lead once again. Outrageous. In today's episode, we unveil the tales that have been written in the stars from these European giants, and we ask, who needs to lift the trophy the most? Now, Ben, let's get into it, man. Let's talk about the format, the fixtures, and the schedule coming up. So the return of this tournament, Ben, is in August, on August 7th and 8th. Um, The round of 16 legs will resume. So currently... Uh, the first matchup is Juventus and Lyon. Now, Juventus is trailing by one goal. Now, you have Manchester City and Real Madrid, 2-1. Manchester City up by two goals, two away goals. Bayern against Chelsea. Bayern up three goals on away goals. And Barca and Napoli is 1-1. So Barca has the away goal on that one. So on August 12th and 15th, you'll see the quarterfinals. And these are both going to be played. Or excuse me, all the remaining fixtures are going to be played in Portugal. Um... The 18th and 19th is the semifinals. And then the final, of course, is going to be played on the 23rd. Uh, so just, dude, amazing month for August. I mean, talk about COVID and how disappointing that was. But to go right now without a break in the summer and then August just being a tournament of Champions League, Ben, does that just kind of just give you the chills, man, or what? Dude, I can't believe it's actually happening. Like, I remember when we talked about this in the pod that we would have like a full month or a full week of just Champions League and it's, and it's happening. And it's happening very soon, so I'm hyped to talk about it. I'm sure everyone will be listening. And just to go over that format that you just talked about again, Joey, uh, so the real interesting part about this, right, into going into the quarterfinals and the semis, it's, it's one leg. 
Abs- yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, to condense the schedule. So, obviously, with the round of 16, they're going to finish the second leg ties. But then moving forward, it's just one leg affairs. Dude, and we, yeah. dude, we know how dangerous those can be. It's just one game. So, if you're on or off that game, it's going to be all the difference. And to talk about some of the matchups that we have and how the bracket is um, organized right now is on the left side of the bracket, you have RB Leipzig against Atletico Madrid. And then the the opponents for that one is Atlanta and PSG. So the left side of the bracket, you have to say, is is very favorable for PSG and Atletico. Yeah, PSG has to be looking at this and being like, dude, let's not fuck this up. <laughs> they have been yeah. poke artists in the past, and now now this is this is what they have for their road to the final. Like, oh my god, you know, dude, absolutely, and they only have to win one leg, so it's like. Man, it, you think everything's in their favor. But what's interesting there, too, Ben, is Atletico Madrid. They're sort of the defensive masterclass. And PSG, right. I would say, is the offensive. Yep. So, yeah, man, and just fantastic. And then on the other side of the tournament, we have Real Madrid and Man City to finish that leg. Um, and then Lyon and Juventus. So the winner of each of those will play each other. So potentially it could be, you know, you would think Juventus against Manchester City or Real Madrid. Um, dude, 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 dude. Juve versus Real, that, that would be, I think, as a romantic a dream match. Yeah. Ronaldo going up against his old club. I know I know Madrid has has to come back in that tie, but dude, they're in form. I mean, they're 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 champions of La Liga. Congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> gonna be tough, Ben, because we need to score goals. And I think I think our strength this season has been, or at least we've come into it, a strong defensive side. So I mean, um, very exciting, man. We're definitely going into that leg in form. Uh, but not to to get too distracted. But uh, Barca plays Napoli, and then Chelsea and Bayern Munich. So you do expect Bayern Munich to play either Napoli or Barcelona. And of course, the winner of that will play the bracket that we just went over: the Real Madrid, Man City, Juventus, Leon. So man, really a, a lot going on the right side of the bracket, and I think the left side's a little bit more predictable. But yeah. really yeah. exciting. Yeah, I would say I would say the left side. It's 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 such a, a, a crazy road to the final on that side. Uh, or sorry, to the, the what you talked about with, with the right side of uh, with with Juve's road, with Man City's or, or Real Madrid road, Barca's probably got the toughest road there. Uh, if they have to face, they have to face Munich. But yeah, excited for the format. It's going to be in Portugal, uh, the final in, uh, in in Lisbon. But what got us really thinking about doing this pod is not necessarily doing like a preview uh, per se or, or like a review. We kind of want to give the state of each club and ask the very important question in that who really needs to lift the trophy the most. And that's a very interesting question because it's not it's not a, like a prediction type of question. It's it's more of a story. What backstory gives you the most interest and in, and in, in tells the tale of a champion, you know. So let's get started, Joe. Do um, you want to go first, my man? Yeah, yeah, man. I kind of want to hone in on Juventus to start it off. So um, to talk about Juventus, they're twice of the Champions League. So recently they were the finalists in 2016-2017. They lost 4-1 to Madrid. Um, And then they were also finalists in 2014-2015 season. They lost 3-1 to Barcelona. But currently um, they're the top of Serie A, and I think everybody expects them to kind of seal that off. Uh, and become champions of Syria once more. But uh, the biggest story here is that they're led by the legend, Cristiano Ronaldo, and the gladiator, Paulo Dybala. Ben, why do I call him the gladiator, my friend? Dybala? Yes. Why is he called the gladiator? Yes. Quiz question. 
quiz question. Why is he called a gladiator? I'm failing. <laughs> because he has a mask? Because he wears, he does the mask? Uh, yes, his celebration, celebration. man. He, absolutely, dude. So, yeah, his celebration <laughs> is he'll put a ha- his hand over his face to simulate a gladiator mask. And, dude, he's such a player, man. Um, but talking about those two, and Ronaldo in particular, uh, in the Serie A, he's, he's played 29 games this season. And he has 28 goals. So there's a lot of controversy um, that he's getting older. He's not as productive. But, man, the way he's looking right now, he's hungry. And I'll tell you one thing. He's come back fitter. So unbelievable. He's the highest goal scorer in Champions League history with 128 goals all time. Um, He has two goals in the tournament thus far. Um, But uh, Juventus has a couple standout wins this season, and they have a draw over Atletico and a win over Atletico. And that's the same Atletico that slayed Liverpool. Um, So Juventus is the real deal, man. But I think the story here for Juventus is, you know, Ronaldo and his career. This is probably his most important competition to date. He made the move to Juventus to continue to break records. And you have to say, if he being a hot favorite for the Ballon d'Or. And he sort of reopens that perpetual debate between him and Lionel. Now, Ben, I see Ronaldo waking up at 4 a.m., Georgina telling him to go back to bed. But for Ronaldo, I bet you he can't eat. I bet you food can't sleep. My guess is he's as hungry as he's ever been. I guarantee you what's coming right now is when this is the X factor. For Juventus, it's a warrior that's not ready to retire his sword. And Ben, I have a question for you, man, because there's a lot of conjecture. Side is being managed. I would say that the weakness in this side can be the volatile relationship between Sarri and Ronaldo. And I want to ask you, man, what's your take on that? I mean, with with Ronaldo being uh, kind of in, in his own world sometimes. I think he's he's kind of sees us as as, as a as a new beginning, you know, with with Sari. And I mean, they haven't gelled, and it seems like they haven't gelled almost from the beginning. Uh, so there is a little bit of a worry there that you know one must trust in a, in a player, in, and I give that player confidence. And with Ronaldo, though, I mean, you can't you can't steer away from his confidence. Like he's going to win no matter what, no matter what you tell him, no matter what you you sub him off. Like there's there's no uh you know there's no saying no to Ronaldo, so I don't think that that affects him too much. So that's that type of mentality that Ronaldo has, and he he's that hardest worker in the room type player. You know he he's gonna outwork everyone and he's gonna lead by example. So uh, if if it were anybody else, it, it could really affect him. You know if it was anybody any other star player that like you know to give an example. I mean it's it's we're going to have to do this example, but it's to give an example with Messi, you know, if, if Messi didn't gel with, with, uh, with sorry in this instance, or, you know, he's having that, he's having that problem with, with Kike Setien, then it, I think it would really splay out in the field and it would really show out in the pitch. But it, lately, dude, it's, they've, they've been in form. And so I see them, as you said, just, you know, coming at this full swing and it's, it's going to be lovely to watch, dude. Can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. I think the way the lineup for Juventus has been earlier in this season, it was kind of, if I start Ronaldo, Dybala's on the bench, but I think they've kind of found a way to try to play them both at the same time. And earlier this season, Ronaldo was brought off as a substitute, and he did not wait in the locker room. He left the stadium completely and almost got in some big trouble because he wasn't around for the random 
uh, drug testing afterwards. But him and Sari, I think that's the only thing um, that I have my doubts over this Juventus side is keeping them too happy at the same time. Uh, but Sari has definitely pushed Ronaldo's buttons. But like you, bit, uh, you said, Ben, his professionalism um, is without question. And he's the hardest working player. So um, that was sort of, you know, I think it's important to look at that. Um, but Ronaldo, man, he's as hungry as ever. Yeah, dude. Uh, so I think the biggest question that everyone will probably be asking here, the hot seat question would be, is the old lady too old to win? Well, as you mentioned before, the 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 age is for me it's 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 a it's a number, uh, not necessarily means that you have 34, 35, 36 that you are uh, in the end of your career. I can show that with my exhibitions, the way I play, the way I still feel good, sharp, thinking the game, more mature. I think. This is makes the difference. <laughs> I love that, man. No, so, I mean, you have to know this, but the average age of the Juventus roster is 29.6 years old. So that's the oldest squad in Syria and likely the oldest in the UEFA Champions League as well. Uh, and Ben, I, I kind of want to play a little game with you. I'm going to say a player's name on the Juventus roster. And I want you to guess their age, okay? Oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> so, so we're going to start off with Cristiano Ronaldo. How old has he been? 35. Amazing. Chiellini? 36. Ooh, close. He's 35. Alexandro? 32. 29. Douglas Costa? 29. Yes. Iguain? 33. 32. Bonucci? 34. 33. Very close, Ben. I'm impressed. Uh-huh. Dybala? Oh, uh, Dybala's still young. He's, uh, he's 28. 26. Damn. Okay, Matuiti. Matuiti? <laughs> Bro, I'm going through my I'm going through my ultimate team lineup right now. Bro, you can't Google my... this. You can't Google this right now. How old is Matuiti? No, I'm not Googling. I'm not Googling. I'm doing this. Uh he's 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 running up there. He's, I'm gonna say he's thirty one. He's thirty three, brother. Dude, yeah. you're Ben, you're doing really well though. You're you're <laughs> spot on. And then just the last one, Delit. Oh, Delit, he's twenty twenty. He's 20, Ben. Dude, really? Ben, well done, man. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, but to I answer... started off high with 35, and then I think it kind of went all over the place. Dude, you were within two, I want to say, almost every single time. So, <laughs> dude, and this is, he, Ben didn't know this was coming, so that was spot on. Um, but to answer your question, Ben, and I think I need to reference a couple recent results for Juventus. They've lost two cup finals this year. Yeah. The, the Supercoppa Italiana, uh, which they lost 3-1 to Lazio, and then the Coppa Italia, which they lost 4-2 to Napoli. So I think traditionally in the Champions League, it's a two-leg affair until the final. So I think the first leg, or the, you know, the only one-leg fixture, it's going to favor Juventus leading up to the final because I think when Juventus caught their L's this season, it's been on the back of like a tux, excuse me, a tough fixture schedule. Yep. Um, and with the halt of football, those old legs, man, they've had time to rest. Um, so in this moment, no, Juventus is not too old. They have a healthy roster. Without a midseason break, yes, this team would have fallen to Lyon, but I think everything has changed. Right. Um, the squad they have is full of winners, and they're absolutely capable of beating any team. The players are going to be switched on for 90 minutes uh, because at this stage in their career, they're, I mean, they're up for big games. And I think Ronaldo is sort of the X factor, man. He knows that time is against him. And this is sort of his last effort um, to get another Ballon d'Or, to match Messi and to keep that debate going. So I think just Juventus side is going to be
very difficult to beat. Um, so in my mind, no, they're not too old. This is actually, I think, is kind of kind of work out in their favor, and they're yeah. going to be a formidable team, Ben. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think Leon's going to ruin that party uh, because they're also very cold. They're not. They haven't. League One hasn't restarted like every other league. So that's 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 a great shout, bro. I think a great great preview and exciting story. I can't wait to see Ronaldo play again. So. I'm going to kick it off with, uh, on the same side of the bracket, I'm going to go with Man City, all right? So, Man City will be happy to hear this, that their Champions League ban has been overturned this week, leaving everyone else wondering, is financial fair play even real? It's a disgraceful decision, uh, because if Man City is not guilty of it, I think to be punished with some some million is a disgrace as a decision. If you are not guilty, you are not punished. By the other way, if they are guilty, you should be banned. So it's also a disgraceful decision. So in any case, the decision is um, is a disaster. <laughs> so the thoughts on the ruling, Joe? Uh, what did you think there? Honestly, I, honestly, I think with the resources that Manchester City have, I think they hired a team of lawyers and got away with murder uh, because ultimately they did violate those rules, but they were able to have them overturned uh, by a third party. So they got very lucky, Ben. Yeah, yeah, they got lucky. I think uh, there's a whole debate on that. That's a whole different topic, a whole different sub issue. But uh, that's that's that's, you know. Did Pep really have anything to do with that? Did De Bruyne or, or like Raheem Sterling have anything to do with that? We're going to talk about football here. Uh, so City have had a turbulent season. You know, defensively, they have been vulnerable. In the league, they have had more losses than Arsenal, who are in 10th place. Just, that, just let that sink in a little bit because Man City are in second place, okay? And they have more losses. Uh, yesterday summed up how a well-set-up team with quality attackers can really split them apart, losing to Arsenal in the FA Cup. So Pep shut out, shut out a warning to his players that their standard has to increase against Madrid or they won't go through. So they, they have a tough task against Real Madrid. This, this isn't, Real Madrid isn't, I don't think, facing the same team they faced back when they first played in the first leg. So Joey, uh, what are your thoughts on on, on Pep in in his current current lineup and current kind of state? Ben, my thoughts have always been the same about Pep. Um, I think he's a brilliant manager for the league, but I think he has a lot to learn when it comes to knockout football. I think when he was not gifted with the best player of all time, Lionel Messi, he, t- he tends to struggle, Ben. Um, but in terms of the job he's doing at Manchester City, I think he's he's unbelievable. Um, in the Premier League, I just think sort of the, the bill is out on him in the Champions League. Um, I think this season in particular, um, he was dealing with a side that were current champions or were champions of the league, maybe a little bit complacent. And he's had a lot of injuries, but I mean, um, I love Pep Guardiola. I love what he does for football. I think he's a fan of the beautiful game and he tries to emulate that every single time he plays. Um, but Ben, I, man, I got to ask you, bro, like, do you think he's overrated? I mean, 
a lot of people compare him to Jose Mourinho, but Jose Mourinho has won the Champions League with three different teams. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, so like if for you, Ben, is he overrated? Is, is he that good? Like people say, did he reinvent football with Barcelona or is he just kind of riding Liam Messi, uh, his, his coattails? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, dude, this is, this, this could be a fair question. I think definitely. And in, in terms of the champions league, right. So, I mean, he hasn't won it since he worked with that little Argentinian, I guess he's kind of good, <laughs> uh, but you know, yeah, I- Huh? Yeah, I... <laughs> he, yeah, he's okay. I, some people might have heard of him. <laughs> um, but you know, what, what are you gonna say that you know should Man City just buy Messi? You know, the, I, I've I have a tough time kind of debating this question, Joe. You know, the thing is, you know, I, I feel like a manager doesn't really guarantee you the Champions League. He, they give you a like, really good shot, but you know, Messi and Barca hasn't reached the final for the past you know seven years, and so I think it would be tough to call him, you know, overrated or a fraud because, you know, his pep isn't there. You know, Ronaldo hasn't done it, didn't do it last year with Juve. And so, you know, he, we can't call him, you know, overrated or a fraud if he can't do it without Zidane. Uh, we could say, I mean, if Zidane doesn't reach the final in the next few seasons, you know, he can't, you know, we can't call him a fraud because he didn't have Ronaldo. Ronaldo wasn't there. So, I mean, there's no doubt that he's a genius and he demands success and he wants the team to be ruthless. You know, he, he's backed by billionaire owners. He, I, I think his, he missed his chance to win the Champions League with Man City last year. That was in, insane, dude. Insane semifinal against Tottenham where they lost in the final dramatic minutes. I just remember hearing the Titanic song <laughs> playing after when they lost and uh, ruled out to VAR. That was, and, and Pep dropping to his knees. Do you remember that? I do, bro. So, yeah. I mean, his, his tactics are definitely off getting and, and they're getting stale. I mean, against big teams, I think. And when it comes to big moments, he's failing in these big moments. Overrated. So he's, 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 he's leading them and he's falling short. So I think it's, it's, it's going to show maybe against Real Madrid again. Uh, so I know you think he's overrated, but I, you can't. I think you can't deny his success and stuff that he did with Barca. He, he still plays the beautiful game, and he tries to he demands that with every, each team that he plays with. But he he needs the type of players to have that. You know, he needs the the shiniest, most sharpest tools in the shed to do that. And you know, it, sometimes that doesn't win you trophies, though. That's that's the but he wants to win it in his beautiful way. He wants to paint this beautiful picture, but you know, like like you compared him to Mourinho. Mourinho does it in a, in in a winner's way, in a tactical way. Something that you know Pep I think misses. So. Yes, Ben. I I, th- I think your your answer is spot on, but I do think he's I do think he's quite overrated, um, because he's given like he took over Bayern Munich and he had sort of a, his his will and same with Manchester City. So he's gotten the opportunity to buy these big players and really have his touch on his teams. Um, but like you said, I mean Zidane, he's won multiple Champions League with Real Madrid. Could he? That's that's to be determined. But you can see Zidane's impact with Real Madrid. Um, so, man, I really like your answer, man. But, man, I did. I think until he wins the Champions League with a different team, that stipulation about Pep is always going to be out there, and there's going to be always two sides of the court. Exactly what you said, and kind of, kind of what I'm hinting at too. 
Um, I think he's a brilliant manager. He's super intelligent. There's no, there's no debate about that. But I think like he's still got a lot to do yeah. before he can call himself maybe one of the greatest managers of all time. He's just got to kind of make that next step. And he's getting closer, to be fair. His career is long from over. So <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, that's true. yeah, right on, Ben. Right on. What you got next for us, bro? Let's, let's keep, it, keep it rolling. We vibing. We vibing, bro. PSG, man. So They've had some impressive results in this year's competition so far, including a 3-0 win over Madrid in Paris. Of course, this was out Sergio Ramos, so let's everybody take it easy. Mm-hmm. Um, 3-2 on aggregate over Dortmund, and Dortmund was a, such an explosive team with Holland. I don't think anybody could stop him in the form that he's been in. Um, but very testy affair, and I think at home they really showed um, sort of, I, I would call it the experience they have in this tournament now and winning – uh, pretty convincingly at home, 2-0. Alan nos salta, pitazo final, dice Anthony Taylor. El PSG termina ganando 2 a 0 y avanza cuarto de final. Primera vez desde la temporada 2015-2016. Importantísima victoria para el conjunto francés. Uh, but this is a club that's never won the UEFA Champions League. Of course, they are the official winners of League One, uh, which was basically handed to them. Not that they would have taken it anyway, but the engine of this team is very much the partnership between Neymar and Mbappe. Um, for me, it's as if they play every single game as an individual competition of whatever you can do, I can do better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, Killian is the most explosive player in the world. He's the golden boy with the world at his feet. He's a World Cup winner, and you saw his impact on the World Cup. So Killian uh, will keep this team in any game. He's an absolute monster, Ben. And for me, he's – I mean, I got to say, Ben, he's probably top two, top three players in the world for me. So some current statistics on Mbappe and Icardi, they both have five goals this season in the competition. And that's sort of an X factor for them is, is the role of Icardi. Um, now, he didn't really get along uh, for Inter Milan and, and Serie A because he's very much like um, – he can be like a party boy player, but that kind of fits in to PSG's lifestyle. Um, so if you look at a weakness for PSG, in my opinion, I think it's their manager, Thomas Tuchel. Um, I think he's had a difficult time controlling some of the egos in the locker room. Uh, but if he can keep the players focused for long enough, I think they're a force to be wecking, uh, excuse me, reckoned with Ben. Um, and just him, like Mbappe and Neymar, dude, in the same offensive third, it's, it's almost like cheating. So I think this year, especially, especially the way the bracket is, <laughs> dude, the, dude, they're looking in position to be one of those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they might be coming cold too, because, but I really don't think that's going to affect them. I mean, <laughs> it's Neymar and Mbappe. You know, it, it's the lineup is insane. Insane. But, you know, my question might be for for you, for if 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 you were a PSG owner right now and you're in the hot seat, Joey. Yep. Does money buy you championships? That's a great question, Ben. Um, where do I begin? <laughs> uh, but PSG and the Qatari owners have spent a combined 1.17 billion with a B since their right. takeover. Um, so 100% money will absolutely win you the league. The league competition is a marathon. So a team with big pockets over time will translate into an immense amount of squad depth. But in a competition like the Champions League, you're going against other teams with the same financial buying power, especially the teams in the latter stages of the competition. And if you don't have similar buying power, it's a club that will naturally talent. So in domestic competition, the difference between the top five and the bottom five is black and white. 
In the Champions League, the gap is much closer. So when the talent gap is that close, teams that do well are teams that play together. If you buy a star-studded side of 11 and they don't have the chemistry to match or even the manager, they're not going to win. So I think it takes time for these players to mesh. Um, And I think for PSG, you're finally starting to see um, sort of like a style of play for them and how explosive they are in the counterattack. Mm. Um, so it just absolutely does not guarantee you the championship for the Champions League. League domination, yes, it does. Um, but, dude, for the Champions League, man, it's you, you have to be informed. Everything has to be clicking for you. So to answer that question, man, for the Holy Grail, no, there's no price you could pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've been choke artists in the past. With help of VAR. That was one instance, but Barcelona the year after, the year before that. Well, anyways, we're not going to get into Bar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Atalanta, could, could they ruin the party, dude? They have over 90 goals in Syria. They're currently, uh, no. they're currently, I think, second or third in Syria. Dude, some people might be sleeping on them. I don't know. But hey, that, that's, that's, that's a great valid points that you gave for, for PSG, Kylian Mbappe, Neymar. Hopefully, we won't see any crying facing memes. Coming out of that situation <laughs> there with PSG and Neymar again. I would love to see it, but I do want to see them go. I think a final for them would be epic. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's, that's a great point, bro. Great point. Thank you, sir. All right. So we're going to go back to the other side of the bracket and talk about Bayern Munich right now. Bayern Munich uh, had a convincing performance in their first leg against Chelsea. And finishing the Bundesliga in style, Hans Flick has transformed Bayern into a team that just looks unbeatable, bro. And beatable at the moment. The style of play is something actually that reminds me a little bit of Pep. And uh, he would appreciate you know, using, <laughs> using the pivot midfielders and the free flow of playing that starts in the back. Uh, I've, I've watched quite a bit of, uh, of Bayern, I think, this season. And, and they, just, they just look flowing. So they're heavy favorite, I think, also because they, they will be rested. But they do have the form that, that they sit in, they finished their season uh, more than a month by the time the Champions League starts again. So, and they've also completed the domestic double and are looking for their second ever treble. So, crazy, bro. Crazy to see Bayern in this, in this current state. And, and Chelsea has a big, big task going into uh, – it Impossible task, for, in in, um, in Bayern's home stadium. So that's what I got from Byron right now, man. Uh, ben, I love it. I think they were the favorites prior to the, the COVID break, if you will. Um, just absolute dominant team. And I think Alfonso Davis just, just put this defensive team on a, on a new level, man. So they don't have a weakness, in my opinion, in this team. Every, in every single position, they're very dominant. So, I mean, to beat Bayern Munich, man, it's going to take a hell of an effort. Um, but I have to ask you, Ben. Does the Champions League give Lewandowski the Ballon d'Or? I mean, he has the most goals in the Champions League right now with 11, and he's having a season of his life, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's, he's probably maybe – I mean, at least before the COVID break, he was favorite for Ballon d'Or. So what do you think about that, man? Yeah, abs- absolutely, bro. Absolutely. I think it seems synonymous that Champions League winners receive the nod for the Ballon d'Or. So, I mean, Lewandowski deserves it regardless, though, for the stellar season he's had. You know, he's been plundering goals left and right, and is ticking all the boxes. You know, scoring 51 goals in 43 competitive matches. So I don't see why not. I don't see why not. Yeah, bro. Do you think, do you think Chelsea's going to ruin that party? Do 
Honestly, not this Chelsea side. I think Chelsea's playing really well. They got a big win today, um, thanks to De Gea. But no, I don't think Chelsea are going to be able to to pick those chances against Bayern Munich. I think, if anything, they're hoping for like a zero zero draw. I think Chelsea's very much like I mean they're very capable in their management with Lampard. But dude, you you can't overturn that deficit to to Bayern Munich on away goals. It's just it's not possible. All right, not possible. You heard it here from Joe. <laughs> Put me on the freaking spot, but no way, dude. I, I don't see it, dude. I don't see it whatsoever. Pulisic better freaking start that game or else we're all riding. Dude, I know, right? I can't believe he didn't play today. I, I kind of, uh, yeah. I, I don't know why he didn't play today, maybe, but but yeah, dude, he has to start in that, that game. So, uh, yeah, if he's yeah. not in the lineup. He knows the German league? Yeah, dude, he knows the German league. He's fearless. Uh, they they have this pressing style of play that they've played in the, since the restart. I think it's been... It's it's been kind of very I think exhausting to play against. So that's that's what you saw again today, where Man United, Man United um, looked really 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 flat against uh, against Chelsea. Uh, yeah. So uh, we shall see. Levanta la cabeza que la pide Llorente. Aquí está Llorente. Gómez es el que está la marca. Sigue Llorente. Le va a pegar Llorente. Golazo. Next up, Ben, I want to talk about this team, Atletico, man. They've, they've always been, you know, sniffing around the final. Um, and they were twice finalists in 2013, 2014, and also in 2015, 2016. And, of course, guess who they lose to, Ben, each time is, is Real Madrid. Yep. They're, no, they're noisy neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, this is such an interesting team because they're a team that rapidly evolves with new talent. Um, it soars it seems to be like a revolving door. Um, so when Rodri left in Manchester City, Thomas Party has stepped up completely. And you see that in their history in the past. When Courtois left, um, Oblak filled that role, and now he's the best keeper in the world. When Aguero left, you had a kid named Fernando Torres sort of take over. Um, so this team is, is known for great talent, but no trophy to match it. Um, they're currently third in La Liga, so they've righted those ships sort of um, in La Liga. Um, and they've had... Um, sort of, they're also kind of like a second chance team right now. I'd say with Doug, or excuse me, with uh, Diego Costa and Morata sort of back in the side, and even Carrasco, who left for China, and now is back on this team. Mm. Um, I think the reason that they're so successful, man, it comes down to one guy, and that's that's Simone, um, Diego Simone. Like he is sort of the best motiva- uh, motivational speaker for this team, um, and he's just an incredible manager. But um, you know, I think the question for them is, can they finally get it over the line? And I don't, you know, as much as I want to see them succeed, just because they're their true underdog, Ben, um, I don't think it's going to happen for them this season. Um, and I don't think it like a championship is in their future either, um, unfortunately. So I think I think they're doing the right things in their building, but Simone now is under pressure. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's sort of, sort of the recipe for it's, it's time for a change the same way that, uh, the Spurs let go of Pochettino. I think Simone's it's sort of winding down the same type of way. Mm. Um, so although, and I hope I'm wrong because they took down Liverpool. I mean, unbelievable win defensive masterclass. I just, you know, with the break and loss in momentum, I just don't see them winning the tournament. I'd love to be wrong. Um, but I don't know if it's their time, Ben, what do you think about it? Is it their time for you? 
Yeah, it seems like you said you just kind of described Atletico Madrid as the, like the Spurs of La Liga. Like they've never yeah. won anything. They've always they've always looked like they've they they could win it. They 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 put off impressive performances. Uh, Diego Simeone, he was a bastard of a player to play against in real life uh, when when he was uh, playing with Argentina. Um, and he's a, he's a bastard to play against as a manager. <laughs> uh, I, you mentioned some of their players, um, you know, that they get their kind of their second chances, Carrasco or Diego Costa. Uh, but uh, dude, I don't know, man. I think this to me it might seem like this is their their last chance because it seems like they keep doing this, like this revolving door. Right. You know, they keep bringing in these new players. Okay, players leave. I got to bring someone else back. Another player sold. I got to bring another star in. Sure. You know, uh, Jao Felix is is kind of their, hopefully their their diamond kind of in the, in the rough. I mean, they bid, they paid a big sum of money for him. But, you know, how much, how long can Diego Simeone do this is my thing, is my question. Is is there, is this their last chance? That's such a good question, Ben. It, I think it is. I think he, if he gets by, well, I mean, they took down Liverpool, right? So that's got to give you some breathing space and to show the quality of management. And at that time, Ben, when they beat Liverpool, they were not performing well in La Liga. Um, so I think that's bought Diego Simone some time. And it's so, so hard to say that because of the job he's done there. You know, if they could keep him, if they could sign him on a contract for life, I would do it. But yes, I think time is winding down. Unfortunately, I think the boardroom is is growing frustrated because they want to be in a position winning trophies. They want to be a finalist that wins that trophy. So, you know, Diego Simone right now for them is is close enough right now. Um, but I think he's running out of time. So yeah, maybe you know they do well in the Champions League this season if they're in the finalists. But if they don't win it, I think they're sort of looking for the next you know a new period for them because. Um, they want to win those trophies, and right now he's not producing that, even though he's he's doing a hell of a job with his club. So, yeah, man, unfortunately, I'd have to say it, dude. It, it might be a change soon for them in management. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I kind of agree with you there. I think this is this is a tough matchup, I think, with RP Leipzig, too. I kind of – maybe they might have wished they would have taken off, honestly, a bigger side. Um, because with RP Leipzig, I feel like it's a big 50-50 now. I mean, they don't yeah. have Warner. You know, RP Leipzig don't have Warner, so they're going to be a completely different team without him. But good points, bro. Good points. Dude, and you, and you too, Ben, you hit on it. I think what they, they're best at is being that underdog role. Right now, they're not the underdog in that leg, so they kind of have to prove that they deserve to be there. Yeah. Um, but, dude, great point, Ben. And here's Suarez again. And now Messi. And Barcelona have a clear lead. And Lionel Messi caps his 700th appearance for the club with yet another goal. Yeah, so from one La Liga team, we're going to go to another. We're Barcelona. Gonna, we're going to talk about Barcelona. <laughs> and the current climate, it's not looking good, Barca fans. <laughs> so it, we're not going to rail on them. Calm down, everybody. So, I'll calm down too, sorry. <laughs> You know, with La Liga race over now, being dethroned to Madrid, uh, Barca fans hope that they have learned from their mistakes. Their uh, Barca president, uh, Jose Bartomeu, and Kike Setien is under pressure, and Messi has publicly criticized his team recently, saying that Roma, Liverpool, the fans are running out of patience because we are not giving them anything. If we want to fight for Champions League, a lot has to change. Like this, describing the game that they just lost 2-1 to one, to Asasuna. 
we will lose to Napoli. So that's that's kind of where they're at, man. It's they're they're kind of on a big low right now. Their team is aging. Um, not a lot of things are looking good their way. They do have their bright young stars that they that they throw in, but it, it almost seems like Barca's in turmoil. And and I, I'm I don't want to keep saying that, but that's that's kind of what it looks like. And this is like their final shot. You know, it's 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 the Champions League. They're still in it. They're tied one one with with Napoli. They a lot has to happen. I think they're gonna play at home, but they they gotta turn up. They gotta they gotta figure out that chemistry within them, and pull off pull off a performance. And they ha- like like we said before, they have probably uh, to me. I think the toughest road to the final. Without a doubt, Ben. And I, the question on my mind, man, is you know where would this club be without Messi? I, I mean, is it is their squad good enough to be in the Champions League without Messi? Do you? I mean, what's your take on mid table? Mid table, I think, is what what they they honestly might 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 look like. Um, the messy dependency has shown its ugly head this season more than ever, and it uh, the so the the president right the president for Barcelona, he's received a lot of criticism this year in how he's been handling the transfers, how he's handling the players, how he's handling Messi. So next year his time is up. There is a new Barca president, and. You know, if Barca can't handle this Messi, this Messi's retirement years is what I want to say. They really could become the next AC Milan, and and that's that's uh, could be frightening to hear. But I don't think that will happen. But they that's that's what they're facing right now, and and that's how they're that's how they're looking. Um, and so without without Messi, I, I don't see them going very far at all in the Champions League. He, he's he's pulling the strings. He's what. Uh, pulls the rabbit out of his ass is what I would say, and, <laughs> and comes up with magical moments. He still has it in him, so uh, we, we want to see more of that. But you, you'd have to see more of Griezmann. You'd have to see more uh, of Suarez and the link up play. And it's it's just it's not been happening though. No, um, I agree, Ben. Wow, AC Milan. I would love to see Barca in <laughs> seventh place. <laughs> of course you would. No, but you're you're right, man. There's a bigger problem there. It's it's what do they do with life after Messi? Like you know, how do they rebuild? Um, and of course they have a famed youth system, but you haven't seen those players break through yet. I'd say Fatih is is sort of a gem, but who else? You know, next to who else? So, uh, great points, Ben. Great points, man. And um, I I guess from here, Ben, I guess you could say who needs it the most, brother? Who needs Champions League the most? This isn't a, like we said before, this isn't a prediction on, on, and and I'm not throwing any bias to this at all. Right. I'm I'm a bit of a romantic, Joe. I I love an underdog. I love that about you, Ben. I love an underdog story. I don't care what it's up against them. But to me, I had a dream, Joe. (laughs) I love this. I had a dream uh, the other day that, you know, Oli being, you know, reborn with Manchester United, winning the Champions League, was such a momentous occasion for him. In one day, Joe, one day if Oli wins it with Man United, tears will be streaming down my face, tears of joy. And I think he will be crying too because that that moment, like, I want to see that happen. And so another manager that I want to see that happen, Joe, is Frank Lampard for Chelsea, okay? They're wow. losing 3-0, to zero, but I don't care. I want Pulisic to win this fucking trophy and lift – the Champions League trophy and and everybody in America applauding him 
in realizing that we have a gum in our hands. But again, this is who I think I think needs it the most in it's it's Chelsea to me. I mean, they they think about their 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 run up to the final when they beat Bayern. Awesome. That team. okay, that team was not a favorite. Okay, they had turmoil in that season and they lost Mourinho. Right. And look at them. They made it to the final. No cares whatsoever. They played freaking Bertrand at left back, bro. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> dude, it could happen. I don't, I, you know, COVID and all this craziness. Twenty twenty has been the craziest year. You know, I, I want to see, and I think. Sorry, I'm, I'm throwing a, lot, a little bit more bias into it now, but I didn't think I was. But <laughs> I think so biased. I know I'm, thro- I'm, I'm throwing I'm throwing this romanticism bias and, and wanting kind of what Oli had with Man United to, for Chelsea for Lampard to have it with Chelsea and Pulisic. So there's there's a lot of bias there. But I think honestly, I think needing it the most with cementing from cementing Lampard as a legitimate uh, winner and and something that he's done for this club for this year. I think that would that would be a fantastic story. I love it. And again, the answer is who needs it the most, Ben. So he's certainly a candidate for that. Um, I'd have to say, though, I do see him winning, like winning the Champions League with Chelsea as a manager. Just just not this year, dude. I think Bayern is probably the best they've looked in a very long time. Um, but, dude, that would be epic. And I think the comparisons to Solskjaer when he won it, because Man U played against Bayern Munich in the final. Bayern Munich were heavy favorites. Solskjaer came on as a substitute and scored the winning goal for them to win it. So Lampard, I mean, that's that's tough to match. But for me, for the team that needs it the most, I think it's Paris uh, Saint-Germain, PSG. And the reason I say that is because Neymar is being rumored uh, to wanting to go back to Barcelona. And this club, all they're about right now is legitimacy for them to be taken seriously on the world stage. Because in the French League, it's sort of a gimme league. It's, it's their league. Um, and you're looking at a star like Mbappe, who's very, very young. You want him to be at your club for the next 10 years. Well, if PSG wins the Champions League, I think it's really a lot easier for him to re-sign for that club. The same goes for Neymar. Um, Neymar is a player who left Barcelona to get out of Messi's shadow. So for him to have justification um, for his leaving, he needs to win it with PSG. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about advantage to PSG because right now they're not playing league games, um, but they are practicing. So you're talking about a team that's going to be fresh. Um, So I think for PSG to finally turn that corner, now is no better time for them to win it, especially with the bracket the way it is. On the left side of the bracket, they're going against um, sort of their toughest team. Is It's going to be Atletico if they get by them. They have Atalanta, who I do not think they will struggle with whatsoever. I think Mbappe will torch that defense to no end. I think this team, um, if it's not now, it's never. So for me, they need it the most. I think their manager, there's huge question marks around him. So for him to even continue what he started at PSG, he needs to win this tournament. So who needs it the most? My answer is PSG. Keep your big stars. Keep your big stars happy before they want away. Um, but what a Champions League been that we have for us. Yes. Yeah, I like that, Joe. I like that. Then Mbappe can go to Real Madrid. That's why you want want them to. Win. <laughs> yeah, let's, man. Let's we... be real here. <laughs> yeah, dude. I would love him, Madrid. I think he he's a player that's been linked with Liverpool too. But for so, me, man, he he has the most potential out of anybody. So unbelievable. That would be an amazing um, couple of years for France. You know, France winning the the World Cup in 2018, and then if PSG wins it, that would be an amazing story for for just 
for France, I think. You know? Sure. For dude, I think from I Paris, think, someone being from there, yeah. Yeah, I think too, man. Chelsea's a good shot. If, dude, if they somehow like overhauled this this deficit to Bayern Munich, I mean, that would be on par with what Liverpool did uh, against AC Milan. So, yeah. dude, kudos to that, man. Uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. That was that was fun. Hey, uh. Do we want to be real here, though, and give our final predictions? Do you think that would be exciting to talk? Yeah, dude, I do. And, uh, Ben, I'd love to hear it, man. Who, who's going to be in the final and what's the scoreline? Okay. All right. So PSG is going to make it to the final. They, they're they not going to choke this year. I, that's, that's that side. Easy. Done. Boom. Next. Left side. Or whichever side you're looking at. I'm doing left and right on my head. I don't know why. <laughs> but... but Okay, that's PSG side. Okay, okay, we already gave around the bracket, right? We did all that. So, on the other side, the toughest road to the final, I have uh, I have Juve, Juve going to the final. I, I and I think uh, uh, PSG will actually win it. So that's ben, my prediction. Ben, that's amazing, dude. That that's what I've written down too. PSG and Juventus. Wow, are you serious? Yes, and I have Juventus winning. Ben, that's the only difference. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I actually yeah. would like to see Juventus win. Uh, that would be amazing for Ronaldo. Just what a story! Oh, yes. What a story for Ronaldo to win it in Portugal. Yep. Uh, you know, like you said, everything before cementing his legacy and winning it with yet another club at his age. Uh, and th- that would, to me, that would cement like his his status as, as just like an absolute legend, untouchable. Untouchable, Ben. Yeah, that's so cool, man. But yeah, PSG Juventus, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, we did not rehearse that too, guys. So nope. That was amazing. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So man, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed that. We we sure as well did. Uh, Joe, any shout outs that you want to give before we kind of uh, wrap things up here, my man? Yes, dude. Um, I want to give a big, big shout out to a huge Barca fan. Uh, Mondo, I call him Mandito. He's a co-worker of mine, man. And he's, he's a big fan of the show. So Mondo, thank you so much for listening. Um, and sort of everybody else too, man. Your dad, Ben, too. He, Ben's dad sort of coached us when we were younger. Um, and he's such a cool guy. So Carlos, I hope you're doing well, brother. Keep giving us advice, man. We love you listening to the show. So um, and that goes to all the fans. So, man, thanks so much, guys. That's amazing, Joe. I was actually going to give my dad a shout-out today. Uh, Sir Juan Carlos Fuentes, uh, we we appreciate you and everything that you have done for us. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, that was a lovely episode. And can't wait for everyone to listen to it. And so uh, make sure to follow us, you know, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, leave feedback and uh, ratings that would be amazing and uh, turn on notifications on your phone that's important too you get notified when the episode is up and running and we're live on all podcast platforms I'm going to say Joe with with confidence yes (laughs) name the platform and we're on it Uh, thanks for everyone for listening and what you're going to hear coming up here at the very end of our outro here is a lovely Lampard memory chat that he gave with Bleacher Report and so it's a nice touch to to ending this episode he goes over his best memories and what really the Champions League means to him so thanks everybody for listening my name is Ben hey Ben (laughs) (laughs) my name is Joey B thanks so much guys we'll catch you next time
to go back to the beginning, I remember the first Champions League games I played. I remember a game against Lazio that we played at home. We won two one. I think the actual shivers of of hearing the music in the lineup before the game, and I thought, wow, this is the thing. This is the real deal. And an evening game, Stamford Bridge, and all that. So I had lots of ups and downs, and you know, we tried and fought to get to finals. We lost one, and then the culmination of that to win at Munich and to win in the circumstances we did as underdogs in their home stadium. The ride that we had to get there was crazy. It was, you know, the stuff of movies. If I had have finished my career without that on the CV, then I would have certainly felt incomplete. To win the Champions League as Chelsea, the first London club to do so, is something that we're all proud of at this club. It gives me determination to take on the Champions League again as a manager.